We've got Rangers, we've got Kraken, we've got a very highly anticipated out-of-conference matchup, and we've got a very special crossover edition of Locked On Rangers and Locked On Kraken on today's episode. You're Locked On the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Kraken fans. As we said, we've got a very special crossover edition here. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by my good friend Erica Ayala of Locked On Seattle Kraken. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, uh, Erica, you know, we were talking a little bit off the air uh, before we hit record here. And obviously the Kraken, I mean, a little bit of a shaky start to the season, but, I mean, they have turned it on in a big way recently. Uh, they are, I believe, now 13 straight games without a regulation loss, just absolutely on fire. What's been, I'm sure it's more than one thing, but what's been the key uh, to this team turning things around and uh, surging up the standings the way they have? Yeah, John, you mentioned the point streak that is still active and uh, and also the, the winning streak. We were able to match our winning streak from last season. And the success has been a few things. One thing, similarly to the Seattle Kraken last year, around this time, actually, we're getting great goaltending performances from perhaps an unlikely source. Last year, it was Martin Jones. We knew we were going to be without Chris Drieger after he suffered an ACL injury with Hockey Canada, but then Philip Grubauer went down, and so Martin Jones stepped up in a big way. This year, Joey Decord. He had a great run with the Coachella Valley Firebirds and was likely going to step into the folds this year, but really had to fight for a spot. But he has fought for that spot. Unfortunately, we're seeing another Philip Grubauer injury, and he's really shown in net for us. But I think the other thing that's even different from last year, where we were really focusing on forechecking and the offense, is that our head coach, Dave Haxtell, has mentioned multiple times over that this particular roster really had to buy into defensive schemes and having a defensive mind first. And I think we've also seen that that's opened up, that's opened up scoring for some of our blue liners, our defensemen as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been uh, quite the turnaround and one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. And, um, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about the defense because I, I think with the Rangers, it's kind of a similar thing under Peter Laviolette. You know, he he's kind of struck this right balance, I think. And I, I know, you know, they had the recent four-game losing streak, but for the most part, it's been a good season. Uh, he struck this right balance between focusing on defense, but also kind of letting the best players be the best players. You, know, you don't want to handcuff somebody like Artemi Panarin or, you know, Mika Zibanejad, guys like that. So it's just kind of been interesting to see um, the Rangers, um, you know, kind of focus on defense, but then still be able to put up, uh, you know, enough goals to win these games as well. And uh, another question I have for you about the Kraken is, you know, they, they kind of, obviously they stumbled a little bit at the start of this season. And last year, you know, they had a great, season. I believe they won a playoff series last year as well, if I'm remembering that correctly. So, I mean, is, yeah, yeah. So well, we got, like I should say we got to the second round in my mind. Round. We won two. I'm still, still working on that. <laughs> game seven in round two there. Did they not? I, yes. I do think I remember watching that. So yeah, so, two game sevens. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of excitement there, but you know, it kind of reminds me of the Rangers because two years ago, they kind of came from out of nowhere. They're this upstart team. Nobody thought they were going anywhere and they make it to the conference final. And then last year really kind of stumbled out of the starting blocks. Was anything like that going on with the Kraken where maybe they're kind of dealing with success? I mean, couple of people were even picking them maybe as a dark horse to maybe even make it to the finals this year so high expectations like maybe a little more pressure I mean did you see anything like that going on with the Kraken this season at the start 
Yeah, you said that word uh, expectations, and there were a lot more expectations coming into this season. I spent the training camp and preseason with Seattle and uh, effectively the Coachella Valley Firebird staff and on both sides because of the deep run for especially Coachella Valley and some of those young guys maybe coming up, including I already mentioned Joey Decord. We're going to see Riker Evans in action, the Seattle Kraken this this week. So, um, you know, I, I think the expectations were definitely coming from the outside and into the team. I think the team was doing its best to curb uh, their expectations comparative to last season and give this roster a chance to figure out its own way. And I think that was a little bit of the difficulty that we saw early on. Uh, the, the last time we did see the Seattle Kraken, as I mentioned, um, was in a game seven. I, again, I keep thinking that we won that because it would have been nice, but no, we lost to Dallas in the second round. Um, but you saw that gritty grinding team. I think what we also saw is fatigue set in with that team. And for me, it was a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit of deja vu or, or, or wondering if fitness and fatigue was a little bit of an issue early on. But I think now that we've settled in a little bit, I think, of course, when you're coming back and you're getting guys within the fold that's always going to be something that takes time and although we didn't necessarily have a big splash in the off season through free agency or trades or anything like that we still had a significant amount of change i i mentioned martin jones he did not come back to the seattle kraken our fourth line completely depleted and decimated. And while some might say, oh, it's just the fourth liners, you know, that doesn't matter. Well, it has always mattered for the Seattle Kraken. We've always been a team where not only is our fourth line contributing and not just as kind of grinders who are there to kind of just keep the ship afloat and maybe even if they can wear down other lines, we've relied on our fourth line. And so we were without Ryan Donato, who goes to Chicago. We were without um, Morgan Geeky, who went to Boston. And then, you know, we, 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 we just kept losing guys in, in, in that fourth line. But those two in particular, I think, were, were really critical for us. And so, you know, it, it took a little bit of time for this roster to gel. And then when they finally did gel, then we got hit with injuries. Andre Burakovsky, as of today, right now, this would be uh, because he, he did not dress for the game um, on Monday against Pittsburgh. This would be his third absence due to injury. Maddie Beneers also did not dress against Pittsburgh. Vince Dunn not, did not dress against Pittsburgh. The latter done, I'm thinking, more just because we're going to be on a back-to-back -back for this game against the Rangers. But we've dealt with injury. Jaden Schwartz just coming back to the, to the roster. Brandon Tanev been out already twice. I mentioned Philip Grubauer. He's missed time twice. So, you know, the, the inconsistencies have really more so been with the lineup due to injury. And so that unfortunately takes more time than you ever want to spend building up that chemistry and but but now they've been able to do that and again everyone's buying into the the defensive system and i hear what you're saying john about and i think it's a good a good place for a team like the rangers to be in where you want your your aces to play their game right the seattle kraken we're still very new and again we don't necessarily have a blockbuster and a super mega star on our lineup so we really have to work 
by committee and the commitment and recommitting to that with some new guys, with some veteran guys like Brian Dumoulin. Um, you know, we brought in Pierre-Edouard Belmar, especially to help boon what we have at the face-off dot. So that just took a little time. That's what we've been seeing for the Kraken, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting hearing you talk about, you know, the depth and, and specifically the fourth line, because that's one area where the Rangers are struggling a little bit right now is um, specifically, I would say scoring depth. You know, they have some good defensive forwards in their bottom six, but there's just not a whole lot of offense uh, coming from that group of players. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's another reason it goes back to what we were talking about with the Kraken and them being kind of a popular pick in the preseason um, is because, you know, you get to the playoffs and you can't hide your players. You know, this is this is hockey. Everybody plays. Everybody's out there. I mean, obviously, the Stars are getting more ice time, but you need everybody pulling in the right direction, um, making contributions. And when you have a big-time fourth line, you know, I think back to 2014 when the Rangers went to the Cup Finals, their, their fourth line was awesome that year, really made a difference. And um, sounds like, uh, you know, for the Kraken, that was a strength for them last year. And I, I guess they're still kind of figuring it out this year with the fourth line. Is what it sounds like. I, yeah, I think so. But but again, we've seen players like Kyler Yamamoto, a Washington State native, comes to the team, uh, you know, from from within the division and is able to make a big difference coming over from Edmonton. We also had Devin Shore. He's been up and down with us between the AHL and the NHL. He's been a healthy scratch a few times, but he's made an impact and made the most of his time. And then I mentioned that pipeline from Coachella Valley up to the, the Seattle Kraken, Joey Decord, a huge part of that, but so has Riker Evans. And I mentioned that the, the Seattle Kraken were obviously on a road trip right now. Riker did get into that game against Pittsburgh. And depending on if Vince Dunn, if his absence is a little bit of a longer stay, he might find his way in that spot again. I think Riker in his stint that he had with us, uh, I guess about a month or so ago now, I think he did really well. Unfortunately for him and maybe some of his fans, he got sent back to Coachella Valley right before the Winter Classic, which of course the Seattle Kraken hosted and then won over Vegas. But that that's a good promising player right there. Um, not talking necessarily about fourth line um, forward depth, but just talking about the depth and the youth overall. I think the Kraken, whether you're a player like Riker Evans making a rookie debut, I mentioned Kylo Yamamoto on the younger side, or even a Brian Dumoulin, you'll hear these players say that the, the opportunity that they have or the potential opportunity to really fit into a roster with the Seattle Kraken is something that they're looking forward to do. Because again, it can be a hindrance that we don't have the history of the Rangers, right? And the, the superstars, megastars, knowing who we can rely on. But the upside of that is that all players, at least in theory, are given, uh, as, as Ron Francis often says, every opportunity to make a, a, a lineup. And I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's cliche or not, you know, you have competition like that. It does make everybody a, a little bit better. And uh, I can totally, you know, be on board with what you're saying there. I'm sure the same thing's going on with the Kraken. But a uh, specific player that I want to ask you about, too, uh, making his first all-star team, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, you know, obviously he was in Columbus for a bunch of years. And I was looking back because I remember they traded for him, the Kraken. And I, I was blown away. They only gave up a third rounder and a fourth rounder. Not a bad price at all to pay for somebody uh, that, that's become a very important player for you guys and now an all-star. So, I mean, he's been hot lately. What are you seeing from him and, and how big is he for this team's success? And again, this run that they're on right now. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling a little bit here because I remember with a fellow company man, Jay, we had this conversation with a crossover with uh, Columbus Blue Jackets on whether the, the Columbus got fleeced, uh, given what you just mentioned. And, you know, maybe <laughs> I think Oliver, he admitted, you know, I had a conversation with him and we talked about this on the podcast. He kind of tends to be a little bit of a slow starter in his own words, season by season. However, he felt last year he didn't contribute as much offensively as he wanted to last year. That being said, even if we look at his body of work from his first season with the Seattle Kraken, he was very timely for us, uh, you know, and, and the, the nickname Maestro for sure in this stretch of, um, un, uh, you know, where we've been able to get points in 13 consecutive games and, and tie up with eight consecutive wins franchise record. Oliver Bjorkstrand has been huge. He is not necessarily a guy that you think is 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 uh, with his size. He, he's he's unassuming in his size, but the way he sees the 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 ice, the way he's able to maneuver in space is really clutch. And so that's great on that third line, effectively our third line, which is. I say I'll knock on Kraken all the time. I think um, our most consistent and certainly my favorite line to watch just because you, you've got Bjorkstrand playing with Ellie Tolvanen, another huge find for the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. We got him for free on waivers. Yeah. And then, of course, Yanni Gord. You've got the pepper pot, as we call him. Yanni Gord just plays, you know, one way, one speed all the time. And then you've got two really skilled shooters on the on the wings with Yanni Gord and, and and I think you're seeing that Oliver Bjorkstrand fitting in with those guys has definitely made a difference but also he continues to be a player that when the Kraken don't have a really strong and consistent net front presence uh, we're not big on size if anything we get bullied around, you know, the physicality, if the physicality ramps up, that could be a difficult time for us. But Bjorkstrand is one of those players uh, along again with the rest of his line where regardless of who we're playing, how physical they're playing, we know they're going to get to the net. And I think you're starting to see the work that they do that has set up goals, maybe for that first line with Beneers, um, now McCann returning to that line and Eberly, you're starting to see also that work trickle down and show up for them on the score sheet when it comes to offensive productivity. Absolutely. And so uh, in just a second, we're going to go ahead, continue uh, breaking down this matchup between the Rangers and Kraken, talk about everything going on with both teams. I'm sure Erica's got a couple of questions she'd like to ask me about the Rangers. Obviously, these two teams don't see each other all that often and uh, on different sides of the country. So we're into that in just a second. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. It is past the halfway point of the season, Ranger fans. Obviously a pretty good season so far for our beloved blue shirts. But regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Panarin or Kreider or Mika or Igor will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. 
to win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Ranger fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. We also want to let everybody know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so let's keep everything rolling here on this special crossover edition of Locked On Rangers and Locked On Kraken. Big shout out to the everydayers. Both shows, of course, are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And so, um, yeah, uh, Erica, I'll kind of I'll let you take the wheel here as far as like any questions you want to ask me about the Rangers and, and going into this matchup here. Yeah, for sure. I first want to just pull back and we mentioned it a little as we talked about the Kraken, but you know, an original 16, very storied history in the NHL and have always um, historically been a team that can at least knock on the door when it comes to playoffs. And I think we're starting to see what this particular core group of Rangers is, is going to do with that respect. So I'm going to toss a question that you kind of asked me earlier when it comes to expectations what were the expectations for new york coming in to this season knowing how last season went yeah it's interesting because i feel like you were either in one camp or the other it was either the sky is falling and what a disaster <laughs> and, and that's that series against the devils let's be honest that was a disaster up to nothing completely dominate both games on the road you look like you're in the driver's seat next thing you know it gets away from you you lose in seven games it was a disaster um, but I, I think a lot of people, and not just Ranger fans, maybe general hockey fans, kind of jumped on that and said, like, well, that's who this team is now. And I didn't see it that way. You know, it was obviously a nightmare of an ending to a season, but it's also a team that last year, I think they had, like, the fifth or sixth best record in the entire NHL. Um, and they did that despite going through a really rough stretch in uh, around November the previous season. So coming into this season, you know, I, I thought they would uh, have a pretty good team. Obviously, they didn't have a whole lot of money when it comes to free agent spending, but I thought with the little that they had, I thought Chris Drury overall uh, did a mostly good job. You know, Jonathan Quick, he's done a tremendous job as the backup goalie to Igor. Nick Bonino, you know, Ranger fans get on him from time to time, but they brought him in to win faceoffs and kill penalties, and he does that. He does he does a decent job with that. Uh, Blake Wheeler, you know, slow start, started to get it going a little bit. He's fallen off a little bit. Uh, Eric Gustafson has mostly been a nice pickup uh, as a defenseman, and you bring that all into this core that you have, uh, you know, the star players that are already there, and, of course, the young players are continuing to come along. Alexi Lafreniere having his best season. So the expectations were high, and I think once you get to a point where, you know, two years ago, Rangers making it to the conference final. Okay, well, now the bar is really high, and every season for the foreseeable future, it's basically going to be Stanley Cup or bust, and I, I think that's kind of, um, you know, the mindset that a lot of Ranger fans have right now and uh, as this season continues here. Yeah, it's a totally different pressure, but I think the hype in some ways is is parallel or it runs parallel or runs similar. Okay, like this is what we did last year, so now immediately the question becomes how do you replicate that but i think what what i'm hearing from you john is that you know there 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 were uh, 
you know, enough personnel changes that the identity of the team is is not completely different, which I again, I would argue is a good thing, but it 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 does look different on the day to day. That being said, I think that the Rangers, you know, you mentioned that there was a little bit of a skid recently, but overall where you're sitting right now, I, I would get the sense that you'd be pretty happy with that. But um, I think also from the outside, I mean, it's a little bit weird because I'm a New Yorker. So of course I keep kind of finger on the pulse of what the Rangers, even the Devils and the Islanders are doing just because I've grown up hearing, you know, hearing those names and, and those franchises. But I think from the outside looking in, probably focus a lot on goaltending as far as when people think of the Rangers, and you already mentioned him, you think of Igor and, and he's going to be an all-star again. You just see what he's able to do, some of the numbers that he's putting up, even when he plays against Pacific Division opponents. I mean, he's very noticeable in what he's able to do for the Rangers, which leads me to a question that sometimes we get when it comes to the, the Kraken. Is, are, is it too much reliance on goaltending? Is it maybe not enough of a goaltending pipeline? I mean, you mentioned Jonathan Quick coming in. I mean, where, where does the team, where do you sit with the team when it comes to the goaltending situation? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been a thing with the Rangers on and off, I would say, all the way back to when Henrik Lundqvist was here and he spent, you know, 15 years or whatever it was with the Rangers. You can kind of fall into this trap um, as a player on the Rangers when you've got an elite goalie behind you of like, well, you know, he'll, he'll get our back, he'll bail us out, you know, we, we don't have to be sharp. I think they've gotten a little bit better in that respect this season. You know, the defense has been a little bit leaky recently. There have been times recently where they've been struggling to defend against the rush, which is kind of surprising. They do have good defense, and you'd think they'd do a little bit better uh, with that. But, you know, there are times where I think they're, they kind of just, you know, especially two years ago, that, that was just ridiculous. It was basically the Igor Shosturkin show every single night. Um, I, again, I, I do think they've gotten better with that. But Igor, you know, he's had his ups and downs this year too. Uh, got off to, you know, a solid start. Obviously, the team was off to a fantastic start. And then had the injury, had to miss some time. Jonathan Quick really held it down um, while Igor was out. And, you know, since Igor's been back, he's had, you know, a good stretch, a not-so-good stretch. He had a stretch not too long ago where he won five straight games, and in those five games only gave up a total of eight goals. And against some good teams, too, teams like Boston and Toronto. Uh, so that was awesome. But then he goes through a stretch right after that where three out of four games, he gives up four goals or more. So it's just kind of like what happened there. And now in this most recent game, he was excellent in this this recent win against uh, Washington. But um, I, I do think that, you know, I, again, he's not at the same level that he was two years ago uh, when he won his Vezna. But that was an absolutely historic season for a goalie. So I won't hold him to that every single season. But I, I do get the feeling Igor Shosturkin's best hockey this season is still in front of him. Uh, hopefully it is. Um, and again, the ups and downs have been there. But I'll, I'll still take my chances with Igor, you know, big game against just about any goalie in this league. Yeah, for sure. And you you mentioned it uh, again, growing up in New York, you knew the pain of Rangers fans seeing the fantastic, it was like appointment viewing performances by Henrik Lundqvist, and then just couldn't quite get over the hump as a team uh, to make a, a deep or, or the ultimate playoff run to the Stanley Cup final. So, uh, all right, I want to switch gears a little bit because you also, um, you know, you mentioned some of the young talent. We certainly get that. Maddie Veneers, you know, wins rookie of the year. And then similarly to the rest of the team has struggled. Now he might be a little banged up. Um, but, you know, what 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 can you tell us about some of the the younger players, especially I'm, I'm thinking of, again, Lafreniere, even Keandra Miller, even though he's, he's I don't know if he's still considered uh, on the younger side, maybe baby vet, uh, he's getting up there. But, uh, you know, what can you tell us about some of those younger players? 
Yes. Yeah, so um, Miller, I think overall has had a good season. You know, him and Jacob Truba got off to a much better start this year than they did last year. I, I was kind of critical of that pairing at the start of last season. Um, part of the reason for that, it seemed like Jacob Truba was trying to kind of play through some kind of an injury, mm-hmm. um, just wasn't himself. And of course, when your defense partner is not going to his best, you're probably not at your best either. But, you know, Keandre Miller, there, there's times where Ranger fans will get on him a little bit. I mean, honestly, if you're a player on the Rangers, you're going to hear it from the fans at one time or another throughout your career. Eventually, it will happen. Um, and he, he's had his turn at times this season. But, you know, I, I do think at times it's been a little bit overstated. This is somebody that the Rangers took in the first round a few years ago. He debuted when I think he was only about 20 years old. And the Rangers have had some serious swings and misses in the first round over the years. He's not one of them. So I think Keandre Miller, you know, there's things he can do better. But for the most part, uh, I do consider him kind of a homegrown success story uh, for the Rangers. And, um, you know, obviously they're going to need him going forward. And then as for Alexi Lafreniere, uh, just having what I think is hands down his best season. um, The point total is not like staggering. He's on pace to have his best season in that regard. But when you watch these games, this guy is just all over the ice. Um, He is meshed with uh, Panarin and Trocek just seamlessly this year. That line is really the only line for the Rangers that can score 5v5 right now. So they're really relying on them. Um, Igor, or rather um, Lafreniere, he uh, broke out of a a little bit of a scoring drought. He's been getting a lot of assists. Got a goal yesterday uh, against the Caps and just kind of a blue-collar goal where, you know, he, he takes the shot and a great save by Charlie Lindgren. And then he has to bury his own rebound while getting clobbered by Tom Wilson. So, um, but yeah, he's he's been he's been all over the place. His skating looks better than it ever has this season. Um, just somebody that, that's out there with a purpose and playing with urgency every single shift, getting to those high danger scoring areas. And um, yeah, I mean, he he's been big time for this team. You know, I, I mentioned the five v five struggles. Uh, that line, you know, him and Trocheck and Panarin, they basically carry the Rangers offensively when it comes to five v five. So Lafreniere has been big time for this team. Yeah, that's that's great to hear, I'm sure, for Rangers fans. And again, I think having young talent alongside veterans just goes a long way for building stability for a franchise. But you mentioned special teams, and I definitely want to get into that as we look at the head-to-head between the Seattle Kraken and the New York Rangers coming up on Tuesday night at the Garden. So, John, let's step away for a minute, and then we'll get into to some, some of the things that I think might be a little bit uh, scary for Kraken fans once we go up against that Rangers power play, but we'll we'll get to that in just a little bit. We just want to take a minute to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts. For your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. And, you know, John, as I mentioned, I really want to get into the special teams battle. It's been an up and down for us as the Seattle Kraken. And so when I see we're going up against a really great power play in the Rangers, I I just want to know, what is the secret? (laughs) What is the secret to, to the Rangers power play from your perspective? You know, what has made it so successful uh, this year? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the sum of all the parts. And, and the good news for you, let me just say, first of all, is that <laughs> they are in a little bit of a mini slump. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it like a, a an outright slump, but they did not have a power play goal this weekend. They played the back-to-back against the Capitals, and I want to say they were like 0 for 8 on the power play. And I think now they've only scored on the power play in like four out of their last nine or five out of their last nine. So they're not scorching like they were earlier in the season. But as far as why that unit has been so successful, I mean, they just complement each other so well. You know, Adam Fox, he sees the ice just tremendously well. Um, Just such a great passer. Ideal quarterback for any power play. You could put four random forwards out there. He's going to do a good job with them and uh, find a way to, you know, set them up for some good scoring opportunities. Panarin is in the MVP conversation, and he's shooting the puck more this season, which is something that I've been wanting to see from him for a long time. I mean, he's such a great passer, and he's so selfless. He wants to set up all his buddies for these tip-in goals, you know, but um, he just has too good of a shot to let that go to waste, and he's shooting more. Then you've got Kreider as a net front presence, and this guy, I mean, if he's not the best at redirecting pucks in the league, then I'd like to know who is. I mean, he's certainly in the conversation there. Uh, just such a big-bodied player. You can't move him out of there, and, I mean, he's got that down to a science, you know, his, his ability to redirect pucks into the net. Uh, you got Mika just blasting one-timers away and Trotrek doing a little bit of everything, including getting under people's skin out there as well. So um, you just got weapons, and I, I just think they, it fits so well. They complement each other so well. And this is the third straight year that the Rangers have had a really good power play, but for the rest of my fandom, they really haven't had a good power play. So this is still kind of an adjustment period for me where I'm kind of getting used to, wow, this power play is good. Like, like they're not just good, they're elite. I think number two in the league right now. Yeah. Um, so, so they've been great. But, I mean, how about the Kraken? You mentioned that you're a little nervous going against this power play. How's their PK been doing? Uh, how have they been holding up recently? Yeah, well, I think the the PK overall has has been serviceable. You know, we're top 15. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Rangers coming in at an 83.9% clip at the – at the uh, kill at the top of this week's, that's best for seventh. Uh, and then 28.2 on the power play, as you mentioned, second overall in the league coming into this this week that started with MLK Day. You know, we're, we're, we're not quite there. Uh, and it's been a little bit of a, of a grind. 22.1% right now on the power play. I think for us, you mentioned a net front presence. And I think uh, when we're healthy, Jaden Schwartz, who just recently returned, uh, to the lineup, even even at even strength, he's one of the guys that we rely on to um, to be a net front presence. Yanni Gord has filled in there, but particularly on special teams and the power play, I think you have to look at Alex Wenberg and what he's able to do. Just a master in redirecting. He he himself has said he wishes that uh, the league would keep those stats. So I think he uh, would like where he's placed in the league when it comes to that. And so I think again with the inconsistencies that we've had regarding injury. It's been a little bit of a struggle. I also think that the Seattle Kraken, I, I think it came off as as they were maybe a little bit pensive. They weren't as aggressive as they could have been early on on the power play, maybe a little bit too much passing, looking for that perfect shot. And so we've seen them get burned a few times. Um, so, you know, I think that the Seattle Kraken now are starting to settle into their units a little bit more. Brandon Tanev has been fantastic for us on the PK when he's healthy. So we love that. Um, And so I think overall serviceable is what I would say. We've certainly seen worse over our, you know, I guess 
two full seasons now going into three, but it's an area that I, I want to see the, the Seattle Kraken continue to improve upon. And I think it might've been Jared McCann last year with regard to a, a team like the Rangers that's been around for a while. He was talking about the Penguins who of course we played this week, but you know, th those units, those special teams units, they've had time to mature together, to learn each other's tendencies. We don't have that luxury just yet with the Seattle Kraken. So I try to be patient when it comes to special teams, John. <laughs> yes, patience is definitely a virtue uh, in that area. That is for sure. Um, I, I do also want to ask, we were talking a little bit about this off the air too, but you know, trade deadline, we're not like super close, but it, it's going to be here before we know it. And obviously both these teams could be wheeling and dealing when that happens. I mean, we'll see. It's interesting too, because you know, if we recorded this a month ago, we could be talking about the Kraken maybe selling. But now, I mean, they're on fire. They're right back in the playoff chase. They're, they're right there as far as like fringe playoff teams and uh, again, storming up the standings. So I would think, um, given where they are in the standings and how well they've played recently, maybe looking to add at the deadline. Um, is there any like certain position that you think they should target or any even player that you have your eye on as far as somebody that could be a fit there? Yeah, to your point, I think it's a completely different conversation. I think for a long time, anyone who's listened to Locked on Kraken, even once, they probably know that I love defense. And it's been a tough team to to uh, <laughs> to cover sometimes for someone like myself who's just so committed on the defensive end, loves to see good defense, and defensemen be able to hold their own within the defensive zone while also contributing offensively. I think Brian Dumoulin moved us in the right direction. It was a little bit of a rocky start. I wasn't as impressed as I thought I might be off, off the hop, but he's been a great addition to uh, for us for the Seattle Kraken and I think has stabilized where he wants his game to be for the Kraken. But I still think we need to move a, a little bit more in the direction where we really have some good size, some even, you know, good physical play that's coming from the blue line. Um, and, and so that's personally what I would like to see. I think again, the Seattle Kraken, I don't know that this is going to happen this season, even at the trade deadline. I think this is maybe, maybe more of an off season thing, but we really do have to figure out who's going to be our go-to scorer. I think we wanted that to be Andre Burakovsky, but unfortunately he's been riddled with injuries with his very short time with the Seattle Kraken. Again, depending on how long he's going to be out after this last hiccup, I'm hoping it's just because we're, we're on back-to-backs, but we'll see, you know. Um, so I, I think we really do need to find a scoring touch. I mean, there have been players, of course, that have been a part of the conversation, but we just saw, you know, the Nylander signed an extension with Toronto. I'm not sure that that would have been the right fit for the Kraken, more so because of the price tag. <laughs> you know, I don't think we're necessarily playing with that money anymore. Um, so, and and Ron Francis and, and his staff seem to really like to find, find the Ellie Tolvanins, right? Or the Oliver Bjorkstrands, um, even 10 of to, to an extent, of course, he came through the um, expansion draft. But I think that we do have a team for right now that's going to be a little bit more um, nimble when it comes to finding unique ways to add to the roster, as opposed to spending a lot right off the hop. I think we still have a little bit more to prove to the league before we can kind of play with the big boys when it comes to that. That being said, though, if you even listen to some of the moves that happened this offseason, it didn't necessarily benefit the Pacific Division overall and certainly not the Kraken as far as some big names, but the Kraken were at least for a time in those conversations. So again, I think 
that for right now, we're, we're probably just going to kind of see, see what we can build through Coachella Valley. What I will say is, and you mentioned that maybe if we had this conversation a month ago, it'd be a different answer. I do wonder, though, if going back to my point about wanting to be a little bit more dynamic defensively, you know, we've seen that Justin Schultz, when Riker Evans had his run, uh, Schultz was the healthy scratch. He then comes back into the lineup and gets a game-winning goal to get us on trajectory to have our winning streak that we're on right now. So I think he's making that competition a little bit harder, making it hard uh, maybe for the Seattle Kraken to part ways, or even if they do, his stock will go up, which means that, you know, that, that'll be a good position for him. Um, and we'll see maybe if it's something where the Kraken want to make the most of that, where if I had to guess, I think it'd probably be a player like a, a Justin Schultz that if we wanted to move someone at the deadline, but then again, it's what are we getting? Is it more of someone that we are looking to develop? Is it someone who we think is ready made for the system or even can help really boon the system? So I think right now I have more questions than answers. But last month, I was I was definitely like ready to make some moves. And, and as you said, just be an active and willing participant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you go 13 straight games without losing in regulation. That, that changes the conversation a little bit for sure. Um, and obviously, you know, the Kraken right back in the mix now. And, you know, as for the Rangers, I, I think they're kind of at the point now where they're probably looking at one of two positions coming into the season. I would have definitely said right wing. Um, it's either right wing or center, you know, right wing. The fact that Alexi Lafreniere has moved over to the right side and done very well with it, that alleviates that a little bit. But they've had so many players come and go uh, when it comes to their their two right-wing top six spots. And again, Lafreniere is filling them, filling one of those spots right now. Um, but we've seen in recent years, you know, they get Kane, they get Tarasenko. The year before that, it was um, Andrew Kopp, Frank Vitrano. There's been a lot of guys kind of coming and going in that spot, and they've tried a lot of different combinations. I could see them maybe doing the same thing where they go out and try to get a right-winger. Um, but I think also now you have to look at center because Filipino, you know, he's got this injury right now and he's had a lot of concussions and they're not really, I mean, it's so hard to know for sure. And concussions are so scary in the first place. Um, when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back, should he come back? Will he get cleared? Uh, it's difficult to know the answers to those questions, but, um, with, with his status being uncertain, it does kind of leave a little bit of a hole at center, you know, Mika, and Trocek, that's still a good one-two punch. But if something happens to one of them, they're in a lot of trouble. Like, I don't even know who steps into, the, like, the second-line center role at that point. You'd, you'd end up with, like, Nick Bonino there or Johnny Brodzinski, which is not ideal. Nothing against those players, but you need a little bit more than that from centers playing in the top six. So, yeah, I think they're kind of at a spot where it's going to be either a right winger or a center. And, of course, the one thing that makes this so hard, Erica, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is none of these teams have any cap space. So it's difficult to figure out a way to to trade for players and how are we going to fit them in and uh, can that team retain 50%? You know, it's, it's, it's very much a jigsaw puzzle and it, it's almost like you need to, you need a, a master's in accounting now to, to figure out the cap space and you know, how these teams are going to maneuver. It really is difficult this time of the year. Yes, yes, indeed, which is why I'm happy to uh, react as uh, instead of pontificate. So, uh, <laughs> but I right. like what you said about center. It got me thinking as well. I think in training camp, that was an area that I, I was having, I had my eye on. But again, I think Wenberg has really stepped up. But but when it comes to our bottom six, I think we've seen some players, even we've asked McCann at times to step in um, at center. And again, it's just a matter of what we want to do. You, I think for a team like the Kraken, we like 
the utility kind of Swiss Army knife, and we kind of need that. At the same time, as we start inching towards and really solidifying identity, I think you do need those aces and places. So it'll be interesting to see at the center position also what the Seattle Kraken decide to do. Absolutely. And I figure we can uh, pretty much wrap up here today. Uh, do you want to throw out any predictions for this this game? Obviously, you know, highly anticipated matchup between these two teams. Yeah, sure. And I like to do predictions a little bit different. Um, and I like to say the Seattle Kraken will win if we focus on what we talk about on Locked on Kraken, that being the three Fs. Even regardless of our opponent, I think if we play uh, with a great forecheck, we're playing and using our speed, so we're playing fast. And third F is having fun. The guys have loosened up. They're making inside jokes that, of course, are making their way across social media. And though that has been the difference. That has really loosened up the team so that they can just go off of what their skill and their memory has taught them, not overthink the game. So the Seattle Kraken will win against the Rangers tonight if they focus on the three Fs. That being said, I've been saying this for about a week now, John. This is going to be a good test for a Kraken team that is on a winning streak at least coming into the week uh, and they they tend to play at the pace of their opponent i don't want to see them do that against the rangers they're really going to have to take it to the rangers and start to dominate at pockets uh in the game if they want to win okay so i'll kind of borrow your formula here i'll do that they will win if that, that's actually kind of a fun way to do it so um, for starters, uh, it's possible that the Rangers might be down a defenseman for this game because uh, right before we hit record here, Jacob Truba posted, I think on Instagram, um, his wife was expecting and she actually just gave birth to a baby boy. So big congratulations to the Truba family. Not sure if he's going to be uh, available for this game or not. I would think probably not, but I guess you never really know for sure. Um, but I'll say, you know, the Rangers will win this game if... And it's kind of surprising to say this because you think of the Kraken as kind of like this grinded out team, but I'm just looking at how they've played recently and the amount of goals that they're piling on some of these teams. I mean, seven goals against the Blue Jackets, four the game before that, then five, then four, then three. You know, they're scoring a lot of goals. So I almost think if the Rangers, they've kind of had this renewed focus on defense these last two games against the Capitals. If the Rangers can actually play a little bit of low event hockey and try to you know, win a kind of a grind it out, maybe like a three to two kind of a win against the Kraken. Uh, I think that's doable. Um, but if they get away from playing good, smart defensive hockey, especially if they don't have Truba out there, then they could be in some trouble against a Kraken team that, you know, as I just said, has been scoring a lot of goals recently. Yeah, I like that. I'm with you, though. I didn't think this is going to be a closer, lower scoring game, but I guess we'll see Tuesday night. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Ranger fans, Kraken fans, uh, thank you all, as always, for tuning in. And uh, Erica and I will both see you guys next time.